Salvation Now podcast, where you'll discover and be equipped with keys from the Word of God that will pave the way to God's unlimited blessing in your life. Now, here's your host, Evangelist TJ Malkanji. I'm just going to read this scripture. I'm going to pass it off to Pastor Ryan. Colossians chapter 1, just to prove to you that God is not trying to hold his will back from your life. God's not trying to make some mystery. I know a lot of people love to say he works in mysterious ways. He's complicated. He's complex. He's God. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Yes, but God has given us the mind of Christ so that we can know his ways and we can know his thoughts concerning us. This is what Paul says. I pray always for you. Colossians 1 and verse 9. So, and I'm asking God that he may fill you with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, bearing fruit in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of God, that you might be filled with all the knowledge of his will. God is going to fill you with all the knowledge of his will. God is going to put in you a confident assurance as to what he's called you to do. Uh, today in the mighty name of Jesus. Pastor Ryan, would you care to share some thoughts along those lines? Yeah, I think I think one of the challenges people run into when it comes to this is they they feel something in their spirit about what they're called to do, but then they don't have that confidence like you talked about, and so they don't move ahead. But almost like there's this false humility that can come with people where, well, if I say I'm called to the ministry, people are going to say, well, who do you think you are? And it's like you, you, you can't see things through that lens. Like the, I, I think the healthiest way to look at it is like you, a call of God is something that you're going to answer to God for one-on-one one day. That's right. And so the opinions of men don't matter. And so there's this false humility of people like, well, if I, if I say I'm called to be an evangelist, oh, I really feel called to crusades. Oh, who do you think you are, crusades? Yeah. And so people will feel something in their spirit from God. But then because of the thoughts of other people, mm. what are people going to think? Or it's pressures from family members. Yeah. Hey, you need to have a backup plan. You can't go into the ministry that people back off. But really, the only thing that you need to keep in mind is that one day you'll stand before God and you'll answer for the call that he put on your life. And so if God called you to evangelism and you don't go evangelize, then you're going to stand and answer to God for that. And so keeping that perspective that that it's it's God's call on your life and it's not man's call on your life and that and that. There will come a day where you, you, your life's mission becomes, I have to hear, well done, good and faithful yeah. servant, for what I was called to do, that I fully carried out the ministry that was given to me. And so you keep that focus, and then that really eliminates things that will keep you, it, 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 it makes things very clear, is that your call is like, God sent me to do this. Yeah. And uh, if, if, if you got hired by someone and he said, hey, your job is to go out and do this uh, in this part of my property, and then you walk out and say, well, I think I'd rather do this over here and do this over here. He has no responsibility to pay you for anything That's right. besides what, he, what he's, well, no, you didn't do, how is it? Well, no, I stopped. I did a great job over here. No, listen, I sent you out there to do that, and that's what I called you to. And so when you can focus that it's God's call on your life and you're going to answer to God one day like the stewards did for what they, what they were called to do, that, that that's the most important thing. It takes out a lot of the, the hurdles that people run into because it's hurdles that people put, it, put in their way. Absolutely. And when also I feel like what facilitates everything, and um, we've heard it before, Evangelist Jonathan always says, the, the call of God is not to be determined. The plan of God is to be discovered. And that there should be, and I know that those of you that are watching right now, I know for a fact that there's something in your heart 
that uh, God is, is drawing you to identify his calling. That God's drawing you to pursue his purpose for your life. You know, Kenneth Hagin wrote a book, Plans, Purposes, and Pursuits. And that in man, God has put the innate drawing towards his purpose. You know, God created man ex to, uh, explicitly for, uh, to glorify him. And the main way that we glorify God, yes, is in praising and in worship. But the main way that we glorify God is in fulfilling uh, our purpose that he's designed us and wired us for on this earth. Essentially, you are a seed. You are a seed. And God has planted you on this earth to die to self and live to his purpose. And when that happens, you bring forth much fruit. That's when things start to advance. And that's what I wanted to touch on is that when you realize that God's plan and God's purpose for your life is far greater than anything you could ever conceive for yourself. Anything that you could ever uh, imagine for yourself. You know, uh, Deuteronomy 28, if you'll diligently hearken to my voice, I'll set you High above all the nations of the earth. Isaiah 48, 17. I am the Lord your God. I'll teach you to profit. I'll lead you in the way you should go. There has to be a point in your life where you realize, yes, there is a way that seems right unto men, but that is the end of death. The end of it is in the way of death. But there is a way of righteousness. There is a way that God has a path that he's put me on, that if I'll identify and pursue it, that Proverbs 4.18 says it shines brighter and brighter even unto that perfect day. God will never lead you backwards. God's not. I know a lot of Christian preaching revolves around some sadist God. That he's sadistic and he's, he's uh, manipulative and he, you know, ultimately his will's quite twisted because there's interlocked and interwoven within it is all evil and tragedy and misery. But that's not the God I know from the Bible. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I will not lack. I will not lack. You know, I, 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 he leads me by still waters. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. That, that doesn't talk about, uh, you know, horrific events. That doesn't talk about constant struggle. That doesn't talk about constant uh, misery and a downcast spirit. That talks about some uh, vital, vitalized, uh, exciting, thrilling, adventurous living. You know, there's no better place to be. Romans 12 says that you can actually make a point in your life to not be conformed to the patterns of this world but be transformed by the renew of your mind and walk in the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. The will of God for your life is good. The will of God is good. I, I've heard uh, a number of friends, when, I, when we were in sales, we would, uh, you know, my brother and I, my brother's my manager, but we would go out for the summer, and so we'd recruit a team, and we'd go sell for four and a half, five months, and then we would have a, a Sunday church service. That's actually where I started most of my preaching was doing this wow. house church on, on Sunday mornings for the team. So it was our sports, uh, our, not sports, it was felt like a sports team. It was our sales team. And uh, there were guys, many guys who were backslidden, who, you know, came back to the Lord. And I heard this multiple times that people said this. They said, I've always been, I've always been hesitant to fully surrender my life to God because, because all I heard was, don't tell God what you don't want to do because he's going to make you go do it. Yeah. Like, like Jonah going to, to Nineveh. You know, it's like that the whole call of God is like, you know, don't tell God you won't be a missionary because the moment you say you won't be a missionary, he's going to make you a missionary. Don't tell God you don't want to ever go to Asia because he'll put you in a hut in China. You know, whatever. It's like God's waiting <laughs> to hear what your worst case scenario is just so he can assign you to that. And that's not it. The Bible says he gives us the desires of our heart, but God, God 
will put it in us that we're built this way. And I know you'd feel the same way. Like, I, you know, I said that out of my heart yesterday. Like, this is the best thing. Uh, Usain Bolt was born to run. I, I'm born to preach the gospel. Right. I can't imagine a life of doing anything but preaching the gospel. Seeing people's lives impacted by the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. I can't imagine a- anything better than that. And so God will put you uh, in a place where you're thriving and you're full of joy. And even the, the tough parts of it are are so joyful to you. And you see it where ministers back off of altar calls because it's uncomfortable and I just want to get along. But those are, that's where you have to like, all right, I know it's God's will that people get saved. Uh, uh, I was studying the other day and I realized like our job as ministers is conflict. People, mm-hmm. uh, there's some people that just say my personality is I like to avoid conflict. And I realize what we do is conflict. We For call sure. people out of their sin. We call yeah. people uh, out of their sickness. We challenge people in their faith. We call them out of a stupor of, of distraction. Like our job here is conflict. This is That's what right. we do. But that God would put a love on the inside of you. So there's this, there's this idea in the church that whatever God's going to call you to do, you're going to hate it, but you're just going to have to do it anyway. Like God's going to make you marry an ugly woman and move to China <laughs> because that's what, you know, and live in a hut. And that's going to be the call of God. And, sure. and so many young people that have said, I've hesitated to surrender to God because I thought he would make me go, you know, live in a hut somewhere. Yeah. And that's not the way God does things. God's, God will give you joy so that even when you get whipped like the disciples, that you can go walking and leaping and praising God. Even that the difficult things become joyful. That's right. That's right. Well, I want to give you some practical keys today, and we're going to get into this now. Practical keys on accessing the will of God for your life. And before you can get, now we can talk about the specific will, and we'll get into that, but before you can get to the specific will of God, there is the general will of God. There's things God has called everyone, everyone to do. You know, some examples of that is God has called each of us to love one another. This command I give you, To love one another even as I have loved you. So there's the command to love one another. You can't ignore that command. The moment you ignore that command, you know, even John, 1 John chapter 2 says, if you don't love your brother, then you still walk in darkness. And if you're in darkness, you can identify the will of God. And the Bible says you'll actually stumble. You'll constantly stumble. And that's another thing, you know, touching on what we just talked about, how the will of God's not some complex thing and that God wires you to run this path with perseverance. And it's not a path paved with thistles and thorns. It's a highway. The way of the upright is a highway. Uh, I think sometimes people get this concept of the will of God just being, um, it, it has to be hard. You know, it has to be difficult. It has to be complex. It has to be filled with constant struggle and constant challenge when yes you see Paul go through things but like what do you see him say at the at the end of it all when he's in jail Philippians 4 13 I I I know I know how to live when I was I had nothing and I know how to live when I had everything I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength you don't hear him talk about the struggle you don't hear him even bring it up because even in the midst of all it's like when I got called into ministry my wife and I we lived in my parents basement Whenever we were not on the road, we were virtually like homeless for two years. We didn't have any uh, uh, opportunity. We didn't have any, uh, we didn't have much money coming in. And, but we, you know, we went headlong. We threw ourselves into the task of God for our life. But I never felt any of that. I never felt it. And then you hear ministers like, ministry's hard. You know, ministries, it's a hard thing. Well, don't, you know, like you said, don't, you know, stay away from it. Because, you know, God will put you in a hut in China somewhere. And there's just... They're used almost, instead of attracting people to the high call of ministry, there's this deterrent. They've become a deterrent, trying to deter people away. 
and it's caused a disservice. And that's why I believe there is this deficiency even in Bible college. Uh, Bible co not the river. I know the river has great people coming, but a lot of Bible colleges are, are struggling to even have enrollment now because the call of God's not being preached. And if it is being preached, it's just the negative side of things, you know. Um, but I believe there's going to be a resurgence of people. Um, Amen. You know, coming back into it. So there's the general will of God that you need to establish. And the first thing that we're going to talk about is found in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 3. The Bible says, This is the will of God for your life, your sanctification, that you should abstain from sexual immorality, and that you should know how to possess your own vessel in sanctification and in honor. Holiness. If you are going to identify what God's called you to do and walk in it, if your ears are going to be tuned in, remember David said, if I had regarded iniquity in my heart, the Lord would never hear me. Your cry for God to give you the wisdom concerning what he's called you to do will totally be neglected and ignored unless you uproot iniquity from your heart. This is the will of God. It talked about how love is one of the components of God's general will. Soul winning. We'll get into that in, in the minutes to come. But we want to center in this first point on holiness. Holiness being a prerequisite to hearing God's voice for yourself for direction in your life. And people are always looking for, uh, as they should be, looking for the specific direction of God for their situation. There's a lot of things that the Bible doesn't spell out as, as specifics for your life. Who you're supposed to marry, uh, relationship you're supposed to be in, yeah. moves you're supposed to make. But we're first called to obey the written word of God. That's and right. so I've had conversations with people and they say, well, God told me this was my wife, but then they were living in sin at the time. And it's like, if you're sleeping with somebody and saying you've heard from God, I'm not saying God can't speak to you through that time, but that people, people's vision and people's ability to hear what God would say, it's like, if there's not a high priority to obey the precepts of the Bible and live a holy life, it's like, do, do you really qualify? You know, the prayer of consecration is where Jesus was in the, the garden and he said, Lord, uh, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And that's a prayer of consecration that we can and we should pray. That we say, Lord, uh, I feel the call to go to Bible school. Not my will, but yours be done. Lord, I feel like I should move uh, to this city. Lord, not my will, but yours be done. Lord, I think this is the one for me. Not my will, but yours be done. And it's a prayer. We, we, that's a constant prayer we'll pray throughout our life. But when, yeah. when people will forsake this, well, that doesn't apply to me. Oh, I'm living in sin. And then, and then, oh, but God spoke to me about this. And God said this. And, and oh, God gave me this, all these directions. And then, and then it's like, you, but you, you just told me that you've been living in this life of debauchery. Uh, yeah. You tune your ear to the voice of God by keeping your spirit man free. And so God can obviously, uh, you know, talk through a donkey. But I'm saying if, if you're, if you're, uh, will, will keep your heart pure, if you'll keep your hands clean, you make yourself, you're tuning your spirit man to be able to hear the voice of God. And it's, it's the biggest key. Really, I would say the biggest key to success in anything with, for a child of God is first holiness. The first battle that you'll face, the first victory you win is over sin and over self. That's right. And so when you can live a holy life, it gives you, it gives you confidence in your faith. We have, uh, the blood of Jesus washes us and we have confidence before God because we have a clean conscience. A clean conscience gives you confidence to approach God. I know God's speaking to me. I know God said this to me. Not, and that's what changes when people say, I think, I think, I think, too, I know. God has spoken to me, I know, because, because my spirit is free to be able to hear what God says. That's right. Yeah. Sin will ruin your confidence. Sin will absolutely ruin your confidence. 
and uh, ability to discern the voice of God. And even if you discern the voice of God, the confidence to walk in what he's told you to do. Sin is a cancer. Sin is a poison that Joshua 7, you read when Achan sinned, uh, God told Joshua, you're doomed to destruction. You can't, you can't march to your destiny when you're doomed to destruction. You either, you, know, you either sit at the table of God and order from his menu, or you sit at the table of demons and order from their menu. You can't sit at both tables. You, you're not going to be invited to both tables. And so the very first thing you need to do in your life, if you're going to discern the voice of God for yourself, is to cut sin, get rid of sin before sin gets rid of you. Sin literally acts as like a, uh, you know, when you used to watch television, you know, when we were younger in the 90s and early, maybe not early 2000s, then they got into cable and stuff. But before you had those little antennas. Yep. And then you turn on your favorite television thinking, and then you have to play with it. But it was <laughs> yep. all smoky and foggy and <laughs> staticky and stuff. Well, that's what sin does. And so, you know, essentially what we're trying to do on this broadcast today is to just Fix the antennas. Because sometimes it's like you think that there's major things wrong uh, all around you. Sometimes it's minor things. And, you know, there's the major sins. There's adultery. There's fornication. There's anger. There's like the major ones. But then there's like sometimes there's subtle little things that need to be adjusted that the Holy Ghost has put his finger on time and time again, but you've not made the adjustment. And those minor little adjustments will actually lead to major clarity uh, that God will put in your life. Yep. So holiness is a prerequisite. We, we read that 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 3. This is the will of God concerning your life, your sanctification. Sanctification is just the process by which God conforms the image of Christ in you, the nature of Christ in you, and the holiness and righteousness of Christ in you. Another general will, and this one we're going to hit on. General will number two. And if you ignore this, by the way, if you're just tuning in now, you do me a great service if you share this broadcast uh, and help us get this word out to more people. The general will of God, number two, soul winning. Soul winning. How important is soul winning yep. to uh, uh, receiving instructions concerning the specific will? That if you don't do this, you can't have that. Well, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a flow to life. There's a, when you get a touch from God, when you get born again, God starts to input. The, you know, when, when you think about salvation, God takes out a stony heart and he puts in. So there's, he removes the negative, he put, takes out the old sinful nature, he puts in his nature, the Holy Spirit moves into your spirit. So from the beginning, God's just loading us. And then we get the, the fruits of the spirit, the love, the joy, the peace. But there has to be an outlet for those things. Those things are there, yes, for us, but they're also there to be given out. So it's the reason why the dead sea is dead is because there's an inlet and there's no outlet. So people come and they come around the things of God and they come and they get a touch from God and they hear the word of God. But the whole purpose, Jesus said, I've come and I've given you life. And then he says, now before you do anything, go tarry in Jerusalem that you can be a dude for power from on high. So you can receive power to be a witness. God's whole purpose and plan was that every believer would be a witness. So it's out of order and out of balance when people come and they get born again and then they want to receive from God, they should want to, but then they don't actually go out and give out. And I'll tell you one quick story. I remember there was a time I was in business still before I was in the ministry and living for the Lord, just in business, just head down to the, hands down to the plow. And um, there was, man, there was one Sunday I went to church. I'm there sitting there in my suit and tie and just felt like weird spiritually. I couldn't, I didn't know why. I knew I wasn't living in sin. I didn't have, I wasn't backslid. I didn't have any open doors in my life, but I just felt like off. And I couldn't figure out what it was. And um, uh, 
the altar call came and they gave the altar call and I was like, I don't have anything that I feel like I need to be up there for, but I just don't like, something just feels off. And I said, I'm just gonna go answer this altar call by faith and just hope the Lord helps me. So I went forward and I answered the altar call and I knew, man, I knew people were gonna judge me. Here I am on a, you know, people knew who I was. They knew I was in business. They knew I was making good money. And uh, I was like, someone's gonna think I'm into all sorts of nonsense, but I don't care. I I need to get up there. And I went up and answered the altar call and I went to the back room where, you, you go with one of the pastors and they kind of give you the next steps and they, they were about to pray for everyone for the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And it was Pastor Daniel McGee and he said, hey, Ryan. And I said, yeah, he said, hey, get, and I'm sitting in the, congreg- in the group of people who like came to rededicate their life. And he said, get out and lay hands on people. And he was following the Holy Ghost and I got out. And the moment I laid my hands on someone to, to receive the Holy Ghost, that thing broke because I had been taking in, receiving from God and, and, and not giving out. When there's no poor, it's like that's where things get stale. And so for many believers, they wonder why spiritually things don't walk out. It's because they have an inlet and they want to receive a touch from God and they want to be hungry, but then there's, they're not releasing that out. And so soul winning is God's plan for every believer, but it gives you an outlet where you're, what you're receiving is going to what it's supposed to be. Yeah. Yes, God wants to set you free, but the Bible says we've been redeemed to, in Titus 2, it says we've been redeemed so that we could be uh, uh, we're a peculiar people, redeemed, bought back for a purpose so that God has made us vessels that he can use to help other people. That's right. Yeah, there's too many constipated Christians. They're just, it's all poured in. You sit down every single week and all the podcasts and all the broadcasts people watch, they're overloaded. But you definitely need an outlet. There's a scripture in Zechariah chapter 7, verse 13. It says, because I have called and you refuse to listen, so you will call to me and I won't answer you. Because I have called to you and you refuse to listen, you'll call to me and I won't answer you. The call of God from Matthew 28, Mark 16, Luke 24 is go ye therefore into all the world. People are saying, I'm just praying what the Lord wants me to do. I'm just praying what God wants me to do. Why would he tell you? If he's already told you several things listed out in his word and you haven't even taken him serious, seriously at that, you haven't even taken him up at his word on the things that he's made very evident. You don't have to pray. You know, I'm, I'm praying to be led to do that. You don't have to be pray, prayed up and led to, yeah. to, to evangelize. Nobody has to be. I, I don't have to pray whether I'm led to lead a sinner to the Lord. We have all received this ministry of reconciliation and God has committed to us the word of reconciliation in that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. Now we are all ambassadors for God on the earth as though God were pleading through us, come to Christ. So there's, those, there are things you don't have to pray right. about and get into this confused state as to whether the Lord's leading you to Pe- do this People should even make decisions. Like if, if, if someone comes on your property and knocks on your door, for whatever they're doing, if they're doing a service, if they show up to try to sell you something, any person that comes on your property gets an invitation to receive Jesus. Like yeah. there should be, there should be rules you set up in your life. If there's ever, if anyone pushes your cart out, I've I've had at times. Right, yeah, I'm an able-bodied person, but I go to the grocery store and the guy bagging my groceries. I'm like, I need to lead this young guy to the Lord. He'll say, Can I? You know, they just do it out of courtesy. Can I push this out to the car for you? I don't need someone to push my groceries out, but I've I've said yes to that just so I could lead him to the Lord sure. on the way out. Yeah, come on, That's let's awesome. go. Hey, can you push this out for me? Look at me like I'm strange. Like, what sort of disability do you have that I need to push this out? But leave them to the Lord on the way out. You should be committed to it. I'll oftentimes just park on the side of the road as if my car's broken down. (laughs) Just to get someone to come in. (laughs) 
No, but you do have to be intentional. Yeah. I, I absolutely, you should be intentional. One of the things I love about Daghuard Mills, Bishop Daghuard Mills, who's an evangelist in Ghana, has a you know huge, huge fellowship, Lighthouse Chapel, and is an amazing evangelist. You know him, but for the sake of those that are watching, he he um, used to not program crusades into his months. He would just like, if he felt led or prompted, he would do something. But he went to a church once that was experiencing mega expansion. And the Lord told him the reason why they're having that is because they program. Mm. One week a month is dedicated towards an African crusade. One week a month. So they don't pray whether they should. Do, they just do it. Because essentially, you, God already said go. When he doesn't want you to go to a certain place, yep. he'll forbid you. Like Paul was restrained by the Spirit, yes. forbidden to preach in Asia. But until you feel that restriction, Teal Osborne used to always say, is it good for God? Is it good for man? Is it good for you? Then do it. Unless you feel that restriction, that restraint. Great. You know, just do it. You don't have to overcomplicate things. So soul winning is crucial. If God's going to take you, because remember, why would God waste his breath in giving you further instruction when you haven't first heeded his primary instruction? So soul winning is essentially, yes, it's following you know, God's commandment, but it does something even deeper to that. It shows God that you value his instruction. It shows God that you're not just, because how many times have you seen these Christians, like a lot of Christians that are like, they, they love to hear the voice of God. God spoke to me to do this in 1976. Yep. What have you done with that? Yep. What have you done with that? Oh, 2009, you know, I felt so. I was in a meeting with Pastor Ronnie Howe Brown. The Lord hit me, and I just had this vision come out. What have you done? What steps, what actionable steps have you right. performed to, the, uh, to add to the fulfillment of that? So how you treat what God's already said to you is going to determine whether he speaks further. Is going to determine whether he speaks further. Um, how, you know, this might be off the cuff for you, but how, how important is it to be in the word of God? When well, you're probably not that, that, probably not that big of a deal. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, you know, the, the, I had a conversation one time, uh, and this really stood out to me. I was talking, I called Pastor PJ. This was when I took over from healing school. You know, we're believing for miracles, and we're seeing people healed, but there's always more. You're always believing for yeah. greater. And I just said to him, I called him, he was back in South Africa. I said, Pastor PJ, I'm believing for more. I want to see greater. Is there anything I should do? And I was just talking to him, and I said, you know, if, if, I, if the Lord wants me to fast for 21 days, I'll fast. And I was going down the list, and he said, sure. he just asked me this. He said, is the word alive in your spirit? I said, yes. He said, you're doing good. Come on. And that was it. And that's so that's, that's the, the, when I minister, is the word alive in my spirit? And so if you can say, the Bible says in Colossians 3.16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. That when you, when you can get the word to come alive, that when you wake up, there's a word in your spirit, there's a song in your spirit, the word of God comes out, is coming out of your mouth. You don't have to say, well, I need to go confess the scriptures now. If you, if you can just focus to get the word of God to come alive in your spirit, you, you, it, solves, it solves life's problems because you're, you're then living out of the overflow. You're living out of your spirit, man. That's good. And that's what I've seen Pastor Rodney model so well yeah. is just living out of his spirit, man where there's always a word, he's in constant communion with the Lord, and, and that word is coming richly out of his spirit. It's like you talk to him and the word of God comes out of him. So, so whatever that looks like, I, that's why I don't tell people you need to spend 12 hours a day in the word. It's good to be disciplined, and I think there, you, you, the Lord will lead people to certain disciplines in the word, but the main thing is that the word gets alive on the inside of you. That's so good. In Hebrews 10, it says, Behold, I have come 
and in the volume of your book, it is written of me to do thy will. In the volume of your book, it is written of me to do thy will. Meaning within the word of God is coded the will of God concerning your life. And I know that sounds crazy because what is me reading uh, the widow with two mites? You know, her story. How is that going to do anything concerning or unraveling the mystery concerning the will of God for my life? What is me, you know, reading of uh, Elijah going to do for me in terms of him raising up the widow's son or whatever? Like, how does that even play a part in helping me discern the will of God? But God can speak. God can speak. I mean, how many of you can testify in the comment section where, like, you've read a scripture a thousand times and then on that particular day, same scripture that you've read, but it pops something out, a highlighted portion of it that jumped into your spirit, that a situation that may not even be uh, in the natural seemingly connected to that scripture, but the Holy Spirit spoke through that to give you direction concerning something that may even be relevant in terms of the scripture you're reading. But God speaks through his word. This word is living. And active. It's living. It's not a dead, antiquated textbook. This book has the breath of God on it. And the same breath that he, he breathed on it and on the authors as they wrote, inspired of the Holy Ghost, to pen these words down, that same breath comes on it when you read it and comes on you when you read it. And the breath of God, obviously, interchangeably used in Scripture for Ruach, which is the Spirit of God. When the Spirit of God comes on you, as you read the Word, Paul always said, I pray that the Spirit of wisdom and revelation would come on you as you behold Him. As you behold Him. That the, the Spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Him and His will would come on you. The eyes of your understanding would open, would open so that you can see the hope of His calling. Man, there, there's something... That you can't learn in a textbook. There's something that nobody can teach you, but that you experience when you read these scriptures. That as the Holy Ghost just jumps on you, things just begin to like, like a cloud dissipating. That spirit of wisdom and revelation begins to lead and guide and direct you. Because remember, they that are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. You are entitled as a born again child of God. You're entitled. It's part of your entitlement. I know this is entitled generation, but <laughs> some things you are entitled to as a child of God. And part of that entitled, uh, part of what you're entitled to is, is the leading of the Spirit. You should want, don't live life by trial and error. Don't live life by testing things. Don't live life, that's how a stupid person lives. Trying to like figure things out. Trying to make sense of, uh, just trying to make sense of things. How many of you know, you know, you have your plans, but he, his plans will ultimately prevail? Yeah, that's true. But why not just from the get-go get onto his plans so you don't have to go through the cycle of frustration and the loop of stagnation in trying to entertain your own plans? So, no, the Word of God. I love how you said that, what Pastor Vivier told you. Get the Word of God alive in your spirit because that very thing is going to be a flame that will lead the way for you. You know, faith is a, a shared responsibility. So people say, oh, my future's in God's hands. And, and it is, but it's in your hands too. Faith is us doing something and God, and God doing something with it. So just to say it's all up to God, it's not. It's, it's up to you. There's people who God has spoken to about certain things, about really steps of obedience. And, that, and God's a step God. I mean, when I was uh, 
when I was called in the ministry, uh, I guess I can get into that quick testimony, but um, uh, God gave me an overview, like the, the big picture when I was prophesied in the ministry at, at seven years old. But then there's been steps to take from there. So God will give you the first step, and you may say, Lord, I don't know how am I going to get there. He, he is most likely not going to give you, show you every step before it happens. He may show you, give you a glimpse of what the future right. will look like, but then he'll just give you the first step. When I was, when I was called to the ministry, we were praying. My family was praying about coming to America. We're from South Africa. Is it okay if I tell this? Go ahead. All right. Um, Absolutely. We're, we're praying about coming to America, and uh, we had come to the U.S., to the U.S. when uh, when I was six months old. My, my family had moved over here. Older brother was just about to be three. My mom and my dad. My dad had a nervous breakdown, which is a demonic, it was a demonic attack. They have to call it something. We moved back to South Africa, where I'm from, and then my dad committed suicide. But it had always been in my heart, our heart, to come back. So here we have single mom, two boys, and it's in our heart, get back to America. And that was God's plan to get us to the River Church under Pastor Rodney. And I believe that's ultimately why the Lord wanted us on this, on, on this continent was so that we could be trained up, raised up there. But then five days before my eighth birthday, July 24th, 1994, five days before my eighth birthday, uh, we went to church and Kim Clement, Prophet Kim Clement, called me out, huge, uh, in Durban, South Africa, huge auditorium. There are thousands of people. He called me out. I said, I saw you while I was praying. The Spirit of the Lord's wow. upon you. Take a flame to the nations. You'll go to the nations of the world. You'll even go to the United States of America. There was our confirmation to come to the, we had been praying about it, to come. You'll even go to the United States of America. You'll defeat the spirit that's trying to torment your family. And I'm, I'm, I'm taking everything I've presented to your family and I'm presenting it to you, but I'm giving you a double portion of the spirit. And, uh, uh, and you'll become a household name because of the, the anointing that rests on your life. I've anointed your voice. I've anointed your makeup. I've anointed your genealogy. And I've anointed every part of you. And you'll take, you'll, I'm giving you everything I've presented to your family and you'll do it. And so that was my call to the ministry five days before my eighth birthday. That call kept me, you know, it's like I never had an option to backslide because sure. I was like, I have to be a preacher. This is what yeah. I have to do. But so God gave me the big picture. But then what was step one? Step one was bring the boys to uh, the USA. So, so we packed up, we sold. And then a few months later, we moved in, in February of 95, we moved. And then what was step two? Step two, I believe, was the Lord getting us to the River Church. When I was 13, we joined in August of 99. We joined the River Church. So God's a step-by-step God. Obviously, my mom had a part to play in, 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 in the call of God in my life and bringing us here. And then step three, the Lord spoke to me about Bible school. And I started Bible school. At, 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 they allowed me. At, they don't let people do that anymore, but at 16. And so the Lord was doing that. Actually, I was thinking about this. At 15, my 15th birthday, Pastor Rodney called me out. It was a Wednesday night service. On my, the day of was my birthday, 15th birthday. And Pastor Rodney called me out. And he said, uh, this scripture, 2 Timothy 2.15, he said, study to show yourself approved. Mm-hmm. And that was the next word of the Lord for me. I've called you to this, but there's a responsibility sure. on you. So I couldn't have just, oh, God, if he wants me in the ministry, it's his timing. There's people who say, God calls me in the ministry. Okay, what was your practical preparation for that? That's good. It, uh, have you been to Bible school? No, I don't feel called to Bible school. Well, if you're called to preach, you need to study to That's show right. yourself approved. There's people, the Bible says many are called, but few are chosen because there's a call but then if I called you and I said, Vengeance TJ, in, in six, six months from now, we're going to go run a marathon. Get ready. Hmm. We're going to run a half marathon, 13.1. We're going to go run this thing. This is the date. Get ready. And I start, and I'm training, 
And then I call you back two weeks before the thing, and I'm like, hey, how's the training going? And you're like, oh, I just got my shoes in. I'll start my training now. Yeah. They're like, never mind. I, I, don't, I, I don't want you to die. I care about you. I don't want you to go out there and, and that's lose, your, <laughs> lose your life. <laughs> so there's people that don't prepare themselves. So God calls right. them. Many are called, but they're not chosen. Sorry, you don't make the team this time because you didn't prepare yourself. Mm-hmm. And so God, th- God will speak to you about steps. So then I came to mm-hmm. Bible school. And then, and then for me, I didn't expect this. Some of the steps are unexpected. I didn't expect that, that door-to-door sales would be a major part of the preparation, that God actually wanted me in door-to-door sales to, to teach me yeah. for what he had ahead. There, a, a large portion of it, I graduated Bible school, a large portion of it was, was, was learning in door-to-door sales what God knew. I, everything I learned in door, a decade of door-to-door sales, I use now in the ministry, everything. That's awesome. All relates to faith, all relates to the call of God. And so there's step-by-step instruction. So you have to ask yourself, what is the, the step that God has asked? What is the step that God has called me to? What's the next step? It may not be, there may be many steps in between, but what is God speaking to me about now? If it's Bible school, it's Bible school. If it's preparation for business, what is God, when I go to prayer, when I go to ask, what is the thing that he's saying, this is the next step, and you take that next step? Yeah, and I would love to, in, you know, in the concluding remarks of this broadcast, I would love to just to bring clarity to people that um, are wondering whether they are called to ministry or not. What would you say, and I've got a few, but uh, what would you say would be key indicators that you're, you're called into the ministry? Probably need to be uh, very attractive. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm joking. Why don't you go first and I'll bounce off what you say. I would say, for me, like I said, the key indicator for me when I got uh, saved and felt the call to ministry was that I didn't want to do anything else except preach the gospel, and I carried a deep burden for people that were sick and people that were depressed and full of anxiety and mental illness and all that. I had a deep burden. It's like I'm reminded of Nehemiah. When Nehemiah saw that the walls of Jerusalem were burnt down and its gates on fire, he, he got burdened for it. And he went before the king, and the king said, you've never been sad before. Why are you so sad? And he said, he thought he was going to get his head cut off because you, you don't come sad before a king. And he said, to be honest with you, it's because of this, and this is going on. I have a burden for my, my city. Jerusalem's on fire. And the king let him go, and he ended up rebuilding the wall of Jerusalem. He, he he fulfilled the will of God for his life. And that will of God was connected to the burden that he felt in his spirit. And I think that it's, it's too many people neglect that. Too, people, too many people oversee that. And I think because they see like, well, there's so many, there's, they have this concept of like, there's so many people called to ministry. Like, why would I? There's so many other people called to ministry. Why would I, you know? Why would God call me? Why would, but I remind you, not many of them were wise, not many of them were noble, not many of them were strong. When they were called, they were foolish, they were weak, they were despised, the have-nots and the had-nots and the you know, curbside discarded individuals of society spit up by the devil. And yet God chose them to confound the foolish things of this, uh, the wise things of this world that no, no flesh should glory in his presence. So I would... You know, that whole excuse of there's too many people called in ministry and there's people that are more qualified than I. I have to remind you also of of Joel's prophecy that in the last days, there's going to be many people called to the ministry. I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. Sons and daughters will prophesy. It's only it's only uh, it only makes sense that as you see evil rise in the last days approaching the day of Christ and the harvest needing to come in. 
And you know, Jesus said, don't say there's four months, then comes the harvest. Lift up your eyes now. Lift up your eyes now. Many are called. Many are called. God even said many are called. And it only makes sense that as you see evil rise in the last days, though deep darkness yeah. will roam on the, all, all the earth and there'll be a global darkness trying to, you know, jump the gun and come and before it's time because we all know that that won't happen until the tribulation era. But it only makes sense that if there's going to be deep darkness, then God's not an idiot. God's not stupid. He's a good general. And he's going to raise up. He's going to raise up more so, like evangelists, pastors, teachers. And I, that's a demonic lie that there's too many people calling to ministry. There's not enough people not calling enough. to ministry. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I mean, t uh, Japan is 2% Christian. Not, not nearly enough people. Not nearly enough evangelists. That's insanity. Not nearly enough. That's insanity. Yeah, so I would say the key indicator for me was that there was a deep burden. I believe the Lord will make it clear. I, the Lord doesn't want people in the dark. Yeah. When people get their life right with the Lord, it'll be very clear what they're, what they're called to do, yeah. I believe. And so they'll, they'll just have a knowing on the inside. And so whether it's that someone gets prophesied over, whether it's someone doesn't, they'll just know. They'll and know. like you said, they'll be, they'll be, I can't see myself doing anything else. I can't, I can't imagine a world where I don't do this. There's a guy at our church. Um, he was a, a boxer. And he was actually, in 2019 or whatever, uh, a worldwide champion for karate. For karate... Uh, 2019, 2018, I believe he was. Good guy to have on your side. Yeah, so I brought him on one of my ministry trips, just in case, you know. And uh, while he was in, he was just uh, running a camera. And I was preaching on the call of God and evangelism on the last night. I didn't lay hands on him. I didn't touch him. I, he moved here from London, Ontario. He moved here with his father to train because we have good boxing gyms here in Montreal. And in that meeting, the Spirit of God put that knowing, right, right into his spirit. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water, right into his belly. He had that knowing. He literally, nobody counseled him. Nobody sat him down and said, hey, I really think that you should be doing the minute. He immediately told, called his dad, said, dad, I'm not boxing anymore. This guy's been doing this for like nine years. I'm not boxing anymore. I'm going into the ministry. He, he's enlisted into GMU now, our university here. And he's, he's, he's cast himself headlong. You know, like what Paul told Timothy, Throw yourself into your assignment. Yep. He, he immediately. And I think that that plays a key role, too, in whether God will speak or not. Is Are you ready to pick up your cross and follow him wherever? Because remember, Jesus was approached many times. I'll follow you wherever you go. Uh, I still have my father. Let me go home. Let the dead bury their own dead. Family cannot hold you back from the call of God. One other person. I've got... Uh, I've got an ox. I've got, I, I bought some, you know, new mules. I need to go test them out. And uh, that's the cares of this life, the deceitfulness of riches and the desire for other things, pulling people, literally entering into the word of God, choking it so it doesn't produce. If the devil can't stop you from getting saved, his next best effort is geared towards you, preventing you from walking in the fullness yep. of God's call for your life. But in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, you will fulfill the assignment of God on your life. You will not miss a step in Jesus' mighty name. You'll do everything God's called you to do. You'll not miss your assignment. You will take full heed unto the ministry that God's given you, and you will fulfill it in grand style. By the time, if Jesus should tarry, by the time you leave this earth, this world, this generation will know your name, just like Billy Graham. And going back to how we started this broadcast, God does not call anybody to mediocrity. God does not call anyone to penury. 
God does not call anyone to this irrelevant place. Consider your father Abraham. When I called him, he was little. He was insignificant. But the seed of the kingdom is small at first, but it indeed grows up and it bears fruit so that birds of the air come and nest in its branches. You become a generational blessing. Abraham's generational blessing is on your, is on your life. And God wants to give you influence in your generation. God wants to make you an influential person. Not just popular. Popularity is like a flame. It can come and it can go very quickly with the gust of a wind. But influence. Influence is something only God can give you and God gives it to you when you fulfill his purpose. Influence is never ending. Look at Martin Luther King. Look at Martin Luther King. He's dead and still he influences our thoughts and our philosophies of present day and present in our present age. You look at uh, Britney Spears. She's, she's a, a flame that went out a long time ago. She, she had a momentary influence on the generation, but that, that influence is gone because popularity is not what God wants to give you. Influence is what God wants to give you so that when all is said and done, it's like in Psalm 87, it says the world will say all our fountains are in Zion. All our fountains are in Zion. The source of wisdom is in Zion. The source of prosperity is in Zion. The source of, 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 uh, of knowledge is in Zion. The source of every good thing is found in Zion. Zion is the church and prophecy. And the church is going to have, is going to carry an influence in these last days. Far superior than anything we've ever seen. Far superior. Far superior. Pastor Ryan, I'm called to ministry. I know it. I know it now. I know there's people watching online. They have that. Tell me, what do I, what do, I do now? You, you need to figure out what the next step is. And, it, and most likely it'll be Bible school. Most likely if yes. you, the Bible says study to show yourself approved rightly, a workman that's, that need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. There, there's a study. If you're called to ministry, your main thing is study in the word of God. Yes. And so I would say Bible school, Get prepared in the Word. Get your spirit man filled up with the Word. You realize this is your textbook for life. This is Come the on. textbook of your vocation, that this becomes, this becomes uh, everything to you. And so uh, I would say Bible school, uh, number one, obviously study in the Word. Even in Bible school, study in the Word. And then you have to know going into it that there's going to come distractions. So I would say there needs to first be a decision that you say, God, uh, I'd rather die than not fulfill the call of God in my life. I'd rather not live this life out than not fulfill the call of God in my life. Sure. Because the distractions will come. The, the, the devil, like you said, will, the adversary will try to get you off the plan of God for your life. And so, but the Lord will speak to you. He'll make it clear. I'm feeling I should go to Bible school. That's not the devil talking to you. <laughs> so figure out what that next step is for you and, and keep going. If you've gone through Bible school, Lord, I got the call of God in my life. What, what's next? Well, then it's study to show yourself approved. I, I, when Bible school students, I'll make the short, but when they come to me and say, you know, I'm graduating Bible school, what should I do? I say, well, how many, do you have a week of meetings? Uh, to, do you have messages for a week of meetings? No. Okay, do you, have a, do you have two messages? No. Do you have, how many offering messages do you have? None. Okay, well, you expect, God, I want you to open the door for me to go preach in the church. You, you don't have it. So get practically prepared. That's and, and then... And then you, the Bible says we use our prophecy as a, as a weapon. You, 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 in the book of Timothy, that you do warfare by the prophecy that you've received. Father, you called me. Lord, open the door for me. Lord, I'm hungry. I want to see my generation shaken. Lord, I know that you've done, I know you've called me for such a time as this. Lord, I can't live my life and not fulfill the call of God. Lord, I'll change anything. I'll move. Lord, I, I, I'll, I'll leave anything behind. Lord, I'm sold out to what you've called me to do. Lord, I'm here to answer the call of God. I, I, I want to go all the way with what you've called me to do. And you get that hunger in your spirit. 
and you move forward when he says move forward. That's right. I love how you said God would never, I mean, the devil's not telling you to go to Bible college. And that's, that's so true. And that's something I wrestled with too. Like, you know, discerning the thoughts of God and the thoughts of the devil. How do you discern it? Very, very simple. The devil's not pushing you to evangelism. The devil doesn't want you to be a pastor. The devil doesn't want you to be a soul winner. The devil or to doesn't want you. offerings. <laughs> he doesn't want you giving <laughs> offerings. Uh, so you, you can easily discern the, the voice of God because the flesh and the spirit are opposite to one another. The spirit rages against the, the flesh, and the flesh rages against the spirit. You're, that's why uh, Paul says you're not free to do what you, what you will to do. Uh, but essentially... Yeah, that you said powerful words there is that the devil's not, you feel the call to Bible call. Don't, why are you going to wait? Why are you waiting? I feel like Shia LaBeouf. Just do it. Like, why, <laughs> why, are, you, why are you waiting? D do it. Get, get immersed into it. There's no better time. You know, Peter has his boat filled with fish, and he looks at Jesus. He says, you, Lord, depart from him, a sinful man. Jesus says, pick yourself up. Leave your business. I'm going to make you a fisher of men. And I would say instant obedience. Yes. God's a God of obedience. When, when God spoke to Abraham, get out from your right away. Right away. When God spoke to the, uh, Philip the evangelist, join yourself. To, and it says, and he ran. When God spoke to That's Abraham good. about circumcision, the next. That's you, a hard got, got, yeah. <laughs> That's You know, I, he didn't know. That had never been done before. He could be like, right? we could be killing. I could kill this Somebody could die here. We don't know what's going to happen here. When, when God said, go sacrifice your son the next day, early the next morning. Yeah. So when God speaks, it's, when God says go to Bible school, he doesn't mean in two years from now. Yeah. You, you start making moves immediately. That's right. Mer many are called. Few are chosen. The chosen are the ones that carry instant obedience. I got saved 2012, and I was enrolled in Bible college the next semester. It's just it's what I did, and uh, I've, I've not stopped since. You know, um, I think it was Isabel Kuhn, Isabel Kuhn, who was a missionary in the 1900s or 1800s, and she said, it's not that God has called. It's not that God has not called. It's that people have not answered the call. And she goes on to say, in every generation on the earth, in every generation, there are enough Christians God has called to evangelize that generation. Mm. In every generation, wow. there's enough Christians God has called so she says it's not called, you say, not heard the call, yep. not heard the call. And so in the closing moments of this broadcast, I'm going to have Pastor Ryan pray for you now. And uh, we're going to pray that the, by the fire of God, God's going to put something in your spirit to make you obedient to the faith. God's going to put something in your spirit where you're going to have clarity in discerning the voice of God from this day onward. God's going to burn out any type of uh, hindrance, any type of thing in you that would uh, cloud your judgment, cloud your discernment, cloud what, what God's uh, calling you to do, and that the Lord, just like he did for the Israelites, with a pillar of fire by night and a pillar of cloud by day, uh, the will of God will become very obvious. Some of you are going to have aha moments right now on this broadcast. Some of you are going to have light bulbs go on. Some of you Today is literally going to be the day, mark it in your calendar, October 20, 2023, where everything in my life changed. And it seems like it was just going to be a regular day where you went to work and you popped this broadcast on and you listened to two guys just talking. And in the end, it literally, 
It changed everything. It changed the course of your life. I believe that's the type of broadcast this is. And so, Pastor Ryan, lead us away in prayer. Okay. Father, we come before you in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, you said my sheep know my voice and the voice of a stranger they wouldn't follow. Mm -hmm. Father, for every person watching, everyone who watches on the replay, Father, I thank you for specific direction. Yes. Lord, anything that's clouded, any judgments, any what-ifs, any concerns, Father, that they would become secondary. Lord, for, and the fire to answer the call of God, whether it's the call to ministry, the call to business, the call to government, whatever the call is that you have on their life, that they would, that they would look at what you've put in front of them and move forward quickly. Lord, give them the courage to do what you put in their spirit. Lord, they're not going to follow any other stranger. They're going to follow you. And Lord, let this last two and a half months of this year be the best two and a half months they've ever had. Father, let them feel the momentum of moving ahead in what you have for them. Let them make a decision and turn and and turn their not, and not turn back around to go back to where they were. Lord, if there's anybody who's was following the call of God and maybe dropped out of Bible school, Father, we ask for mercy. Give them a second chance. Father, lead them. I thank you that there's a clear way forward with you. I thank you that you speak to them clearly in Jesus' mighty name. Lord, that your kingdom can be established and your will done here on this earth. Lord, use us. We're willing and we'll be obedient in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. If you're watching right now and you've not given your life to Jesus Christ, let me tell you, the main call of heaven, the clarion call of heaven is the call to Christ. The Bible says God was in Christ calling this world back to himself. God is not angry at you. God is not disappointed in you. God loves you with an eternal love. And his desire is for you to do two things. Repent and believe. The word repentance means to turn from something and turn to another thing. A 180 degree shift in your life. There's some of you that are watching me now and some that will watch on the replay that if you were honest with me, you, we'd sit down in a back room. There's certain things in your life that you know uh, are not pleasing to God. There's certain things you haven't released to Him. There's relationships that you haven't released to Him. There's uh, certain things and actions that you're committing daily or monthly or whatever. Some things can be hidden. Some things nobody even around you knows that you do. And it's a hidden life. Uh, and let me tell you something. The Bible makes it very clear. You can have a reputation that you're alive before men, but you can be dead before God. And so if there was ever a time, given the events taking place on a global platform, to get your, right, your life right with God, to put sin away, to put to death the, deads, the, the, the deeds of your flesh and put on the Lord Jesus Christ and take, the Bible says, to put away the old man and be renewed in the spirit of your mind and put on the new, mind, the new man so that you can live a life like we read at the beginning of this broadcast in Colossians 1 in a manner worthy of the gospel, fully pleasing God, bearing fruit in every season. It's here and it's now. Today's the day of salvation. Now's the day to be saved. If there was ever a time to Quit playing religious games and really throw yourself into the plan of God for your life. Like Elisha, when the mantle of Elijah was placed on Elisha, the Bible says he went back to his town. He burnt up his oxen, which represented his business. He burnt it all up. And the scripture says he immediately followed Elijah to where he was going to go and wash the hands of Elijah. Now's not the time for... Uh, procrastination with regards to this decision. Make today the day where you have peace with God. Make today the day where you can put your head to a pillow 
and know that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. That if that trumpet were to sound and Jesus were to return in the clouds, that we'd, you'd be one of those caught up to meet him in the air. Pray this prayer with me. Now, that's number one. Category one, you've never given your life to Christ. Number two, you have, but you've fallen away. You're not living for the Lord. There's things in your life you need to uh, correct. The prodigal son came back to the father, and the father didn't meet him with a ruler in his hand to whip him over the head. He met him with arms wide open. God is calling you home. My, and he's saying, my son, my daughter, though you're blind, I can make you see again. Though you're lost, I, I'll, I'll cause you to be found again. And though you are dead, I'll cause you to live again. I'll cause you to live again. Drop hands with this world. Drop hands with the enemy of this, uh, of this world and join hands with the Prince of Peace and see that you'll have a peace that surpasses all understanding. Flood your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus from this day forward. If you fall under one of those two categories and you're saying today's the day, I'm giving my life to Jesus. Pray this with me from the bottom of your heart. Say this out of your mouth. Say, Father, in Jesus' name, I believe you raised Jesus from the dead. I confess Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. Forgive me of, of my sin. Wash me with your blood. I repent. Fill me with your spirit. Give me your grace and your power to live for you. I'll never be the same again. I've decided to follow Jesus. My name is written in heaven, God is my Father, Jesus is my Lord, and I'm never turning back. Amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer with me, there's a slide that's going to pop up on the screen. It says, I just got saved. There's a link that you can see. It's salvationnow.ca. If you go to that website, you can go to uh, the first link that pops up, which I, I just got saved. Click that. Fill out the information. I'd love to get to you a package that we have special Especially made for you, it's a Bible and some reading material, a book by T.L. Osborne. It's going to help you. It's going to help you get uh, started in this adventure with Christ. Don't make this just a blimp on the radar map. Make this the beginning. You know how Pastor Ryan said, there's our responsibility. Jesus said, abide in me and I will abide in you. Abide in me and I will abide in you. Find a local church. If you don't have one, message us. We'll find one for you. Find a good local church. Plug into the work of God. Uh, and, and today will be the lowest you'll ever be. God's going to take you up and up in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Stay connected with us by visiting us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook by searching at TJ Malkanji. Or visit us online, www.salvationnow.ca. God bless you, and until next time.